Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. Nightmare Cafe. Elvis is the last refuge of a scoundrel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everyone calls me Bibbs. Except me. I still don't call you When Bibbs. he's the only one who doesn't call me Bibbs and he's the one you hear me talk to the most, I do appreciate the irony. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm defiant that way. My, yeah. name, my name is Whitney Seibold. Or a jerk, as I call it. It's fine. It's fine. You don't get to pick your nickname. Um, my name is Whitney Seibold, or as some people call me, Jerk. Uh, I, uh, I'm also a film critic at uh, Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. I am the co-host of the, the B-Movies podcast, From Whence We Hail. From Whence We Hail. And, and uh, again, this is uh, October, and for October, we have to do a bunch of horror stuff. And our original plan that, was... That is, that is the cultural mandate in America. But you know what? Any excuse, because we both love horror uh, th- This lot. is true. This is true. As, as a big fan of horror movies and TV and all things horrific and scary, yeah. I don't mind. And there's plenty of horror-themed television series mm-hmm. that lasted one season or less. We're going to get to them throughout the year. We don't have to do them in October, but October's a good time to focus on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, our original plan was to do the... Uh, one season television series Werewolf from the mid 1980s. Werewolf was basically the Incredible Hulk, but David Banner was a werewolf. Well, Would, but you know when you look at the Hulk, the Hulk's a Wolfman idea anyway. Yeah, it's always, it's always Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Mm. But it's it, the problem with the show is that it was just way too long. It was one season, but it was like 29 episodes, mm. and we just did not have the time. And I feel really, really bad about. It. We'll get to Werewolf eventually. I've talked to a lot of horror centric film critics mm. who are super excited about doing Werewolf, and they want to join us for a Werewolf. Okay, episode. we'll get to it someday. So we had. And to, there's going to be a lot of ground to cover. So we had to scale back a bit, and we found a, a, a television series that I think a lot of people vaguely remember, but a lot of people confuse with another more popular series that was canceled too soon. Uh, are you talking about Freddy's Nightmares? Well, the show we're doing is Nightmare Cafe, Indeed. which was created by Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to be confused with the actual Freddy Krueger horror-themed television series Freddy's Nightmares, which was not produced by Wes Craven. And also lasted more than one season. Yes. And so both we, of, and so both we can't them, talk about Freddy's Nightmares on this show. That's right. But we can talk about Nightmare Cafe, which mm. also starred Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger himself. <laughs> and Nightmare Cafe is well, an Robert, odd Robert duck. Eng- Robert Englund also played Freddy Krueger in Freddy's Nightmares. That's what I said. He, he also was, starred. Yeah. He, he's about, uh, so, hence the confusion. Okay. In fact, for many years in my head, I thought they were the same show. And, and that makes sense. Uh, now... Wes Craven created this show, uh, well, co-created the show. Yeah. Uh, he, the original idea for Nightmare Cafe was that it was to be an anthology show, mm-hmm. very much, you know, like The Twilight Zone. Yeah. And the bookend material for every episode was going to be these three characters that were essentially ghosts haunting a cafe. Yeah. And, and they were go- and a character would come in and the episode would be about them. Yeah, in fact, supposedly uh Wes Craven's actual pitch was it's Twilight Zone meets Cheers. Exactly. And Cheers was huge. <laughs> like there's no way to like Cheers was like it's weird because Seinfeld was also huge, but Seinfeld has lingered in the public consciousness even mm. more than Cheers ever has. Well, it but depends. Cheers was was 
inescapable I back think in the it, late 80s, early 90s. It depends which, uh, which generation you're from. Mm-hmm. I think for Gen Xers, Cheers was really huge, and then for those slightly younger, Seinfeld kind of supplanted mm-hmm. it. But um, I th- my point is that I feel like people who weren't around when Seinfeld was on TV mm-hmm. are more familiar with Seinfeld That's true. than they are with Cheers. Well, it's also eternal syndication. It's still on TV. Seinfeld. That's true. Cheers is uh, still so, on, but not the same thing. Uh, when Wes Craven was writing the pilot episode, trying to come up with a story for just sort of explaining who these ma- these mm-hmm. Crypt Keeper type characters were supposed to yeah. be. Crypt Keeper kind of, and Rod Sterling in the Twilight Zone, just people who introduce the episode yeah. and close it out. He fell in love with the characters so hard that he decided he wanted the show to be about those characters. And that is the tragic story so, of how Nightmare Cafe became not very good. What we, what we have in Nightmare Cafe... <laughs> Is a series that is neither fish nor fowl. It is kind of an anthology series, but it's also kind of about these three characters. And because it's kind of about these three characters and their their story and how they get stuck in the cafe, it's also kind of about the cafe itself. And the cafe is really weird and has no consistency to it. And you would never have questioned it if it wasn't like a character on the show. Right. So You never questioned the character of the Twilight Zone because every episode (laughs) is just some weird thing that happens. Right. But if the protagonist of the Twilight Zone was Rod Serling wandering about the Twilight Zone trying to figure out why everything is weird, the Twilight Zone would fall apart real fast. Uh The other problem with doing an anthology series, and we reviewed them on the show before, we reviewed uh, Perversion of science, yeah, which was a sci-fi themed anthology series, and an anthology series is just unlike a show like Lost, where everything is interconnected and every episode leads into the next. Uh, doesn't matter if you miss an episode; right. every episode is every, a self-contained it's, it's story. story. But Nightmare Cafe is kind of both, and the problem is okay, we're just gonna have to talk about the part. Right. So okay, so Nightmare uh, Cafe, the, the, the three characters in yeah. question, uh, we have uh, Frank. Uh, Nolan. Frank Nolan, played by Jack Coleman. A lot of people remember Jack Coleman as the horned-rimmed glasses guy from Heroes, Mm -hmm. but he was also on many seasons of Dynasty, The Vampire Diaries, The Office, and Scandal. He's a very successful TV actor. Yeah, he's he's a very... very and he has that sort of vaguely handsome look. So yeah. if, if he looks familiar, you've seen him before. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he, the female lead is Faye. Faye uh, Petulia Peranovic. <laughs> That's right. Her middle name is Petulia. She's played by Lindsay uh, Frost. Lindsay Frost, who uh, also a soap veteran. Mm-hmm. Be, uh, from uh, primetime, you know from Crossing Jordan. And she was also in a fantastically named TV movie called Calendar Girl. Top Killer? The Bambi Bemba Neck Story. <laughs> nice. That's nice, a great nice, name nice. for a TV movie. And uh, these two people, uh, as explained in the pilot, mm-hmm. are dead people. Mm-hmm. They were killed on the same night. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in fact, in, in ways, in kind of in a related situation. Kind of connected, but they, yeah. they end up uh, in the same body of water. Mm-hmm. They crawl out of the body of water unaware that they are dead, a la Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wander into this all-night cafe. There's nobody there. They decide to dress as the chef and the waitress kind of on their own. Well, their, their clothes are wet, so they just pick up the clothes that are there. Okay. But what's interesting, and it's actually kind of neat, is they get into the cafe, and this is actually a good setup for a for a short story or a supernatural story or something like mm. that, where you just you emerge from a body of water, you don't remember how you got there, you go inside a cafe, and you find yourself just filling the roles in the cafe. 
But then yeah. we, we never yeah. know. Like so, so, so uh, Frank takes on the role of the chef. And mm. Faye takes on the role of the waitress, but they never actually say that Frank has any cooking experience, which I think is interesting. And, and in he fact, just starts doing it. In fact, Faye is the only one who's seen cooking in any episodes of this show. Um, they mention that Frank is cooking, but we never actually see him do it. No, we see her yeah. doing it. Yeah. So she's the the chef and the waitress, and he's just some dude. Basically, he's just some dude. And they are the I, majority of the pilot episode mm. is them just sort of wandering around trying to figure out what's happening to them. It's a little mysterious. It's a little. It's a little spooky, but not really. And they notice that the TV in the diner is showing their past. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, Frank, he was a security guard at a chemical waste plant, uh, which was everyone was really worried about chemical waste dumping in yeah, the we, late 80s and early 90s. We, it was a we, real... I mean, it's, it's still an issue. We but. recently had a conversation about Captain Planet to that regard. Yeah, this yeah. was just a go-to plot point. If a corporation was dumping chemicals, you knew they were evil, and it was mm. shorthand, and it worked. <laughs> so he was the security guard. They were. He knew that they were dumping chemicals illegally, and he didn't do anything about it. And then he wishes he could have gone back and done something about it, and then, boom, he's in his own flashback changing the past. Mm. Meanwhile, Faye... Faye was having an affair with the evil boss. Well, she was, was just dating him. Oh, he was oh, yeah, having an affair she, with someone else. She was dating him. He was seeing another person. In fact, I think, he was, I think he was dating Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix. It was. It's difficult to say. No, uh, no. I think. I think she's actually because credited. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't recognize her, but I saw her name in the credits. No, no. So it's I, her. It's her. I wrote it down. Right. Yeah. It, it's totally her. It's really weird. Um. And they both. They both wish they could go back in time and mm. change things so that they had done better things. He wishes he could have been more heroic. She wishes she could have stood up for herself some more. And they end up doing that, but they end up dying anyway. Which the, is kind they, of neat. They die a little. They die differently, and they die a little bit more heroically. Mm-hmm. And they uh, die on their and, own terms, and mm. that's actually a decent story. Well, uh, and I'm not sure if this was intended, but it's sort of this fatalism mm-hmm. that they're they're, de- they're they have to die that night. So how are they going to live the last few moments of their life? Yeah, that's not explicitly said, but it's an interesting plot point. It, the plot uh, is the plot of the episode is actually very very good. It's just very slow. It feels really padded out. I feel that way about most of, uh, with the exception of the last episode, all of them feel really padded and slow. Yeah, uh, and then the other character who really isn't. There's another character on the show played by Robert Englund. His mm-hmm. name is Blackie for some reason, uh, and we never find out anything about him. Well, we he. And, he uh, works for the diner. He has yes. keys to the diner. Yes. Uh, in an opening narration for every episode, he says he's been there since the beginning. And in fact, and at one point, he says that, uh, you know, Faye jokes in one episode, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, you were the kind of guy who pulled wings off of flies. He's like, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, we pulled wings off of pterodactyls. Yeah, and, and he also mentioned at one point that, like, in a previous century, he had been shot by a crossbow. So yeah. uh, he's clearly some sort of ancient uh, deity. He's an angel or a or demon, demon of some sort. Or maybe the devil himself. Self, which uh, and I kind of thought for a while. Well, but he also says that he answers to quote a higher authority. But so he either answers to uh, essentially God or Satan. But there's one episode where someone leaves the diner and they're taken up to like the pearly gates and there's a bright white light mm-hmm. and you notice Blackie averts his eyes. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about the weird mythology of Nightmare Cafe <laughs> in a minute, S- such as it is. Such as it is. The thing with Nightmare Cafe. Mm-hmm. That's really, really uh, worth noting is that Nightmare Cafe t- uh, came out in this interesting nebulous zone uh, back in the late 80s, oh, wait, early we didn't, 90s. We didn't say its dates yet. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. right. Uh, Nightmare Cafe 
Oh, I had it written down. Uh, it aired on it first aired on January 29th, 1992. Yes, although that was and actually a sneak preview screening. It didn't officially begin airing until February 28th that okay. year. And uh, then it and it only aired until the 3rd of April the same year. And it's kind of funny Six on the, episodes. On the episodes we were able to track down of this show uh, over the credits, mm. they they give teasers for upcoming shows, and on the last episode of Nightmare Cafe, the last one they ever aired, it said and come back next week when we'll be showing Man and Machine. Mm. And in <laughs> In fact, uh, another connection to Man and Machine yes. uh, is the actress Beth Toussaint, mm-hmm. who plays the sort of gangster's mall in the second episode, that yeah. like incredibly beautiful woman. Yeah. She also played Ashara Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation. Yep. Six months after appearing in this episode, she appeared in an episode of Man and Machine. Also, dig this. She's married to Jack Coleman. What? <laughs> they married in 1996, so they, I'm guessing they met on this show, perhaps dated a couple of years ago, married four years together. later. Yeah. Did you notice the Dracula the Series connection? No, what was the Dracula uh, the Series In episode connection? four, which we'll talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. uh, an actor named Dennis Forrest, the guy who's in a wheelchair in that episode, mm-hmm. played Nosferatu on Dracula the Series. Oh, you're right. Yeah, didn't you look familiar? I, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so the pilot episode was directed by Philip Noyce, by the way. Mm-hmm. Philip Noyce is an accomplished director. He did the middle two Jack Ryan movies, Clear and Present Danger, mm-hmm. Patriots Game, a respectable okay. uh, sort of journeyman Director directed lots of genre stuff, um, and it the, again the beginning it's it's an okay start. It you, you know that uh, it's it's an you, okay start yeah. to introduce these characters. Yes, but it's not an okay start to introduce the premise of the show. Right, because we don't know what the premise is the show of the show is at the end of this because everything happens so haphazardly and nothing's yeah. really explained well, that we yeah we all we get to know is their journey. Yeah, we know Faye. And mm-hmm. and we know Dan. And what's interesting is that their journey. And, uh, uh, sorry, Frank or Frank. It's interesting is that we see their journey. Their journey is over. Now they're at the cafe, mm-hmm. and the implication is that this is they're here forever. Uh-huh. There's no like. I guess someone must have left the diner or the cafe. Someone must have not worked there anymore. That's why they needed new people. Mm-hmm. I would hope that somewhere down the line we'd find out what happened to those people and how your your term of service can be up. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, it just seems like their 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 story is over, and then the future episodes keep making it seem like oh yes, but we have to deal with uh, the people Frank knew as a kid. Yeah. I don't give a shit. His story is over. He died. Well, in that, fact, that's... all this shit starts happening on the show, and my fiance and I are watching the show, and we just keep yelling at the screen, "You're ghosts!" They're they're it's like, oh no, I'm gonna get shot. You're a ghost. Well, it's explained in a later episode, the last episode, the last episode, in <laughs> fact, that if that they are vulnerable and they can die and and pass on. But in the last episode, they actually say, "Why are we worried about dying? We're ghosts." And the mm-hmm. black said, "Well, actually, you're kind of not ghosts. Apparently, if they leave the cafe, they're vulnerable." Yeah, if they're yeah. in the cafe, they they last forever. If they leave the cafe, bad yeah. stuff can happen. That is the boundary and the price for immortality. But they never say where they like where they're sleeping. Mm. Do they sleep now? Well, and we also at some point when the cafe appears in a new location, they appear out of nothingness. They just sort of blink into existence yeah. and then just say, "Ah, oh, what a night!" So yeah, uh, do they sleep in the void? Do they do they have access to Dracula's space hole? You know. <laughs> So glad Dracula's space hole is going to become a regular part of our conversations. I'm canceled too soon because Dracula's space hole makes about as much sense as Nightmare Cafe. Dracula's space hole is a wonderful thing. Nightmare Cafe is interesting because, in some respects, uh, the basic premise 
Here's a cafe, and the the cafe we only does this twice, mm-hmm. but I get the implication is that it would do it more often. Uh, the cafe shows up in different towns, basically wherever the cafe is needed, the, the, it pops up the in, cafe, like, out of nowhere. The cafe uh, it lo- moves around through yeah. various cities. Now, yeah. if you're moving from like large city to large city, that makes sense. You can mm-hmm. go down an alley and find a cafe you just hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm. But it also appears in like little tiny towns with small yeah. populations. You know, the kind of place that would notice if a building just sort of appeared. Right. But nobody seems to really notice. Yeah. But but, uh, it's called the All Night Cafe. Yeah. And uh, it's it never closes. And it appears v- very much like the TARDIS in Doctor Who. That's my point. That's kind that, of how this plays, is that it goes where it's needed. The people inside have an adventure with mm-hmm. the people they meet outside wherever they just landed. And yeah. then it, and then it Well, and so, somebody in distress uh, comes yeah. into the cafe and... They either are given a second chance at sort of righting a wrong in their life, mm-hmm. or they're offered retribution at some sort of sin they've committed. And you know what's weird? I know you you, you haven't keep you're not, you're not keeping up with Doctor Who right now, are you? No, no, okay. no. I, at the end of the, I, I left after the first Matt Smith season. So. Oh, okay, got better. And anyway, uh, uh, towards the end of one of the more recent episodes of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. well, I, I'll let you. Don't want to ruin anything, but like, uh, there is another TARDIS that we see, and it looks like a diner, uh-huh. and it flies around space looking like a diner, and I'm like, did they see Nightmare Cafe, you the show that ripped off Doctor Who? I think uh, they are both ripping off Douglas Adams because there was mm. the, the Beastromatic uh, spaceship at one point that could travel through space and time based on how you ate a, din- a dinner there. To be fair, Douglas Adams created that after the creation of Doctor Who. That's, well, he also worked on Doctor Who. Yeah, so he, Doctor Who he was, came he was, first. He was kind of spoofing Doctor Who with that. But idea. Doctor Who did come first. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, and, and uh, that's kind of how it looks like it's going to get set up, and maybe that's how it would have settled in because mm-hmm. Joss Whedon said something, and Joss Whedon knows a lot about TV shows that were canceled too soon. He worked on a lot of them. <laughs> Uh, Joss Whedon, for those of you who don't know, he obviously he directed the Avengers and Age of Ultron, but he also created Firefly, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Dollhouse. Uh, he worked on Roseanne back when he was getting started. Mm-hmm. He's a really talented guy. And he said something I always took to heart mm-hmm. about TV. He said, your pilot episode isn't your pilot episode. The first six episodes are your pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Because six episodes... Things are falling into place. The yeah. actors are getting comfortable with the roles. The writers are figuring out how to write for the actors. And all the little kinks... That didn't work. Like, mm. oh, this character, we thought he worked this way, but actually he serves this function in the plot. Right. By, by episode six, it's pretty much congealed into what it's going to be, for better or worse. Mm. At least we know what the, the premise is going to be <laughs> now, through not there. A, now, not every show is good enough to make you want to get to season six, or get to episode, episode six, six. But uh, by episode six, you kind of figure it out. And... Nightmare Cafe really feels like it's trying to figure out what the fuck it is. Yeah. Every yeah. episode, it's trying to because, settle in. Like, like we said, we have this premise, people wander in and they are offered a second chance, but, as you said, it, it focuses far too much on on Faye and Frank's life, mm-hmm. Uh that it becomes very much about them trying to give themselves second chances all the time. And, and they're, they're done. And they're A, they're done, and B... What what role is the cafe really playing in all of this? It seems to grant people wishes. It like people can say I wish and it will grant wishes. Sometimes ironically. It can it can, it can talk to people from beyond the grave. In one mm-hmm. episode we see the I guess the spirit of a young boy who's in a coma. 
Uh, yeah, uh, just walks in and everyone's just okay, of, thinking and Sam. So, so we we meet other yeah. ghosts. There's uh, a point we, where someone travel talks... back and back and forth through time a lot. Yep. There's a point where someone speaks ill of the cafe, and then all of a sudden they yep. open up the the today's special, and there's a monster in there that attacks them mm. because the cafe is sensitive. And, and in one episode, Frank is locked out of the cafe, and he has to apologize to the cafe before it lets him in again. And there's something kind of neat about that, the idea mm. that we're just living in this haunted house kind of thing. Yeah. But it raises so many questions, and the show has no interest in answering them. Mm. At least uh, not yet. Because also, the TV you mentioned yeah. is another element of this thing. People mm-hmm. can watch their own lives on a TV. They can monitor what Frank and Faye are up to on this TV. Sometimes they can interact with this TV. Yeah. Uh, it's here's yeah. The, see, here's here's the here's the problem with Nightmare Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, think about yourself. You're watching TV, and again, there's no DVR or anything. You mm-hmm. just happened to chance upon it, or you saw it on TV Guide. Oh. It sounded kind of neat. You like Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. You want to watch an episode. You watch the first episode. You have no reason. You have no reason to watch the next episode because <laughs> the first episode wasn't that great, and the character stories seem over. Mm-hmm. You watch the second episode. You don't know what the fuck the show is. Here, there's no hook. Yeah, There's no, like, yeah. thing grabbing you every single time. Because the cafe is ill-defined. Mm-hmm. The characters are ill-defined. It seems like what the show wants to be is people come into the diner, and then Blackie, as this sort of agent of chaos or possibly even evil, mm-hmm. tries to steer him in one direction, and then Frank and Faye are sort of like the angels on their shoulders, or maybe they're debating about it from different perspectives, like Frank's the cynic and Faye's the optimist or something, mm-hmm. and that you get that perspective on people's lives from this sort of ethereal, ghostly, or even quasi-religious <laughs> element. That's how this might have worked. And instead we get episodes like... Dying Well is the Best Revenge. That's the second episode. The second episode. So, uh, it's their film noir episode. Yeah, so uh, Beth Toussaint, the beautiful Beth Toussaint. Yes. I have a huge crush on Beth Toussaint. Oh, she's from, gorgeous. From 1992 especially. She's but, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, she's this uh, really pretty gangster's mall, has a fight with her gangster boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, wanders into the cafe and starts uh, talking with Frank. Mm-hmm. And, Frank, and Frank says, wow, you're Beth Toussaint. I'm going <laughs> to marry you in four years. And... Uh, <laughs> But what she's actually doing is she starts putting the shine on him. And if you've mm. seen any femme fatale movie, like The Postman Always Rings Twice yeah, you, or Body you, Heat. You, you know she's up to no good. And yeah. So she, she starts keeps, talking, she about, talking about how she's in danger. She's in danger. But she was also talking about how she, she clearly has an abusive husband. Mm-hmm. That's the implication. But she also thinks it's sounding like she really, really loves him. And she's like, no, I love him. And yeah, I just wish he, you know, he'd be with me forever and that we'd, we'd just get make things work or, or whatever. And Frank, of course, is thinking with his wife. Wiener. Mm. And at Faye knows he's thinking with his wiener. And Blackie knows he's thinking with his wiener. And, and all, I'm thinking and to they, myself, you're a ghost. They all call him on it. You know? Yeah. But he gets t- 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 sucked into it anyway. Uh-huh. And it's it's really predictable. Like, it's really obvious what's going on mm-hmm. from square one. Maybe the details, like, why was that tennis pro killed? Oh, that's why. The, well, the, but yeah, who cares? Yeah. It's ultimately it's really obvious what she's doing. It's really obvious what Frank's going to do, and it's really obvious that there's going to be some sort of negative repercussion. But what I will give this episode, even though I don't care about Frank getting laid, <laughs> I just don't care. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the episode actually had a fun twist ending, which I thought was kind of uh-huh. neat. When she came, when she came into the cafe and wished falsely as a mm. lie to Frank to get on his good side that her husband was with her forever. The cafe granted that wish, and mm. when she kills her husband, the husband's corpse just keeps bugging her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forever. And that's actually a funny idea. Like, there's actually, like, a, a dark wit to that. 
that I appreciate. Well, and and the actor who plays the gangster is clearly kind of uh, having a little bit of fun with it. So yeah. the third episode, we have Molly Parker as our special guest star as Faye's sister. Yes, Molly it, Parker a, of Deadwood and House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny thing enough, a very, she's... Very talented actress. In this episode, she is romantically paired with an actor named Peter Outerbridge, mm-hmm. who you might recall from the TV series we covered, Darknet. Oh, he was in Darknet. Yes, and he was also in... It all comes back to Nightmare Cafe. He was the head of the, like, Swedish or German bobsled team in Cool Runnings, <laughs> if you recall. That's probably, that's probably what I from. But the thing that I love that I didn't know about this, he co-starred in another movie with Molly Parker oh, no, that is a drama about necrophiliacs. Oh, Kissed. Yeah, Kissed. That's a really good movie. I haven't seen it. I didn't okay. even know about it. I really want to see it now. Okay. So this is the episode where we've, again, we've wrapped up Faye's story... She died. But now she has a new wrinkle to her story. Now she has a new backstory. Her sister is in town. Uh-huh. Faye has been writing to her sister, bragging Lying, about yeah. bragging about how wonderful things are in Los Angeles. Which, by the way, oldest TV show plot in the book. I saw this on an episode of Top Cat from the 1950s. Mm. So fucking lame. So the sister, played by Molly Parker, comes to Los Angeles with her asshole boyfriend to look for Faye. She runs into Faye. And doesn't recognize Faye. Yeah, that, that's that's an, an interesting thing. That I, uh, I can appreciate the, Faye the, not recognizing her sister because her sister probably grew up. They said they haven't seen each other in ten years. Mm. Faye left when she was an adult. Well, she I probably was under, looks more or less like herself. I was under the impression mm-hmm. that the cafe was sort of masking Faye's identity from Ivy. See, that would make sense. There's this weird sort of magical thing going. That on. would make sense, but there's no visual indicator. There's never like a POV. Of her sister Ivy that looks like someone else. See, that would make sense. I I suppose not, but that was the impression I got because Mm. everything was explained away by (laughs) cafe magic. (laughs) Cafe magic is the new new Dracula hole. (laughs) God damn it. It explains everything. Dracula's space hole. Anyway, Dracula's Mm. space hole and cafe magic team up, uh, and her boyfriend, Ivy's boyfriend, robs a liquor store, gives the liquor store guy a heart attack, which is kind of unnecessary. Go figure, but, but basically yeah. the idea is that Ivy here is stuck with an abusive asshole. Mm. Uh, and Faye knows it and she's trying to save her and she has to call her mom and deal with her baggage with her mom, which... Honestly, you're dead. I don't know why you get to do that. Everyone, no one, no one else dead gets to do that. The the, the show's about second chances. They how get many? To, yeah, this is like her um, fourth. I'm wondering how many second chances these particular characters yeah. are going to get. What makes these two fucking assholes how, so fucking how, magical? How many second chances do they get before their lives are just okay now? Yeah, and they can just I go wonder. and get another job. Yeah. Can they just leave? They can leave. They can leave anytime they want. They can, they can just le- go. Yeah. They might have an apartment. I don't know how this works. <laughs> it's never clear. It's so annoying. If, if they sleep in the apartment. If they sleep. Yeah. I don't think they sleep. There's a couple of times where the show even has established its own premise, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't have enough fun with it. In this episode, Faye is watching Ivy, and she's about to be attacked by her boyfriend. And you can imagine that's a very dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. I'm watching my sister in an abusive relationship, and I'm helpless. I'm here in the cafe. And Faye says, I wish I could kick his ass. And then, boom, she's teleported into the room, and she just jumps on the guy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what would be kind of cool? Just watch her kick his ass. Kick him like, in, the, in the bottom. Let's have a fight. <laughs> oh. No, let's no, have, no. like, a proper, like, let's have her kick the crap out of him. Let's have her, like, get, like, fucking Cynthia Rothrock to do some stunt work. <laughs> and just really cream the guy. Like, that would be mm. awesome. Instead, she just jumps on him, and then there's a commercial break. And I'm like, yeah. dude. Come on, like give us uh, it, something. It, 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 yeah, and it, it, even though it's kind of a plot point, it, it's presented as a gag that one moment. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Um, let's see, is there anything else of interest in this episode? Mm-hmm. Oh, my my theory that this episode 
with uh, Molly Parker's Ivy and her mm-hmm. abusive boyfriend, and she gets a tattoo that's like a heart with like a, a knife through it and everything. That this was actually like the dry run for Aerosmith's "Crying." Uh, I buy it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I've noticed? There were so many great music videos. We don't really have them anymore, but like that really captured the the, the public consciousness for a little while. Uh-huh. Stuff like "Crying" or Cryin'. uh, "Janie's Got a Gun" or even "Thriller" and yeah, "November Rain." November Rain, and a lot of those have narratives. Mm-hmm. And we're running out of other nostalgia stuff to adapt. We're running out of TV shows. What if we started making movies out of music videos? What if we did hmm, Crying like the, the movie? You know, it, what? that'd it, be a good girl power movie. It, it would be great, and uh, just get a lot of uh, Aerosmith music yeah. in there. Be that's the, actually be, a good be, idea. Be Aerosmith jukebox musical. Yeah, I would, I'd pay to see that. That's pretty cool. Like, that's, you get a good director on that. I'd pay <laughs> to see that. Movie. That's not a bad idea, right? Sir. All right, give uh, me money. The following episode is called <laughs> "The Heart of the Mystery," and. A man is out on the street, and he gets shot, and as the bullet is traveling through the air, the cafe, because it can do this, Uh slows down time almost to a halt, and uh, the guy, like... Eats the strawberries. He goes into the cafe. Even though though he's out on the street, he's still able to somehow come into the cafe and witness this happening to himself. Well, he goes into the cafe just to have a cup of coffee. And I I saw this as that old uh, proverb or or whatever Mm. it is, whatever you want to call it. The the story about the guy who's like hanging off of a cliff. There's a tiger above him. Mm. He can't crawl up. There's a tiger below him. He can't crawl down. And next to him is a a bunch of strawberries. And he eats the strawberries and what's the strawberry ever tasted. And that's Mm. kind of the point. Right. If you're fucked, yeah. you try to enjoy what you got. So I, th- I was interpreting it as that. But I'll say this, and I feel really bad about this, but this happened uh, once before in Hot Springs Hotel, where there's one episode we couldn't finish. Uh-huh. Oh, the okay. DVD stopped working for me. Okay. In this, like, halfway through this episode. Mm. So I understand the basic premise is the cop is about to die, and well, this... he's not going to die happy because there was one mystery he never solved, and, and then I lost I, it. I was a little unclear as to when that mystery took place, because there's flashbacks as to when he was solving this mystery. Mm-hmm. He had a, an affair with this uh, a woman in the past, mm-hmm. and those segments are in black and white. Which no other flashback is and on the show. Also, characters come into the cafe, and they're also still in black and white. Well, that's kind of In certain scenes. That's cute, so, but What? I'm, does the, this does is the cafe also, have a sense of genre? There's yeah, and there's this weird sort of the echoes are echoing into the present, but I wasn't really sure how far away the past was. So yeah. I began to think that it was a reincarnation thing, like dead again. It isn't. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's about him trying to solve who shot him and why and what it has to do with this mysterious woman, and he thinks that this woman might have might have had something to do with it. Yeah. But it turns out she didn't. It was just a, a bad guy who was after him and. Uh, his big second chance was that he got one last dance with his girlfriend, and that's the oh, way, that's, that's the way the episode nice. ended. Was it a good episode? Because I I missed this. Yeah, one. It was. It, it's forgettable. It's also the other noir episode. Yeah, we got five so episodes of the show where the whole premise is anything can happen, and we get two noir episodes, two film noir, and Wes Craven. I had control over this show. He was, was watching he, over it. He well, wa- and he, he was wrote the pilot. With, uh, Thomas Baum. He he, yeah. was, but he was executive producer. Yeah, uh, he probably helped come up with a lot of these stories. Yeah, what is his obsession with film noir? All of a sudden, well, he's in off- a show. Now, first of all, the show's called Nightmare Cafe, and they're constantly bringing up the fact that this cafe might show you your worst nightmares. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for the horror to kick in. Yeah, because Nightmare Cafe <laughs> implies more nightmares than this. Mm. This is way more. Just sort of playful fantasy it's, a lot of more, the time. It, 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 no, you know what it, re, it resembles is Highway to Heaven, the I Michael Landon saw, series, where he plays show. the angel who uh, travels around helping people out. So it's touched by an angel, but with Michael Landon. But with Michael Landon. Yeah. 
But Touched by but, an Angel but, was fine. I like, saw Touched by an Angel. It was a perfectly good show. You know, a decade before yeah, Touched by an Angel. It was fun. There, we, don't, we don't have any more. We don't have p- shows where people wander around the country solving mysteries. Like, there's no mm. Kung Fu. There's no <laughs> The Incredible Hulk well, the, now. The, there really isn't. The, Everyone's got missions from secret government agencies now. I think it's because we audiences aren't comfortable with virtuous characters any longer. That's probably you look, true. You look at shows like Breaking Bad. All of the shows mm-hmm. are about how people are just sort of morally breaking down mm-hmm. and becoming the worst possible human beings they can. I, I think people find that a little bit more cathartic and it's than really... watching benevolent helpers helping people out of the goodness of their hearts because that's the right thing to do anymore. And yet Doctor Who has been getting away with it for like 50 years. Yeah, well, Doctor Who luckily has legacy kind of propping it up. That's true, but so do other shows. Like, mm-hmm. what, what what if they brought back The Incredible Hulk with Mark Ruffalo as a TV show? <laughs> Actually, holy shit, I'd watch so, the fuck out of that. Somebody's got to be putting that into the... That's a great idea. Right Why isn't that a show? I would watch that mm-hmm. show every week. I watch that show twice a week. I just rewatch the episode. <laughs> well, they just put it on Netflix. You could watch it all at once. Well, it's true. It's still a good idea, uh, though. The following episode yeah. is called uh, Sanctuary for a Child. This was the one about the young boy who's in a coma. How sufferable is this episode? Insufferable. So this one, we go back to Frank's hometown, which is called Zion. Zion. Fuck <sighs> off, Nightmare Cafe. This is the one, though. It this has, one, seriously, uh, this episode drove me up the fucking wall. It has uh, uh, Angela Bassett, though. It has Angela Bassett and Vondi Curtis and Hall. Vondi Curtis. So well, that's a good cast. Recognizable actors. The Angela uh, Bassett. Uh, Vondi Curtis Hall. Everyone knew him already. He was from. He was on Mod Squad. Mm-hmm. I think he was already directing. Angela Bassett wasn't Angela Bassett yet. Angela Bassett wasn't Angela Bassett until like the mid 1990s, so she would occasionally just pop up mm. in small roles and cool genre shit like Innocent Blood, where she has like <laughs> two scenes as like a hard nosed attorney or something. She also and, played a cop in Vampire in Brooklyn. That was one of her, but that was a starring uh, role. That was for one, her. That was, that's true. That was one of her first. So, big hey, Wes Craven. That's probably where they where they oh, first there you uh, go. connected. That, that that's makes pretty perfect cool. Sense. Um, yeah, that's kind of fun. Uh, but in any case, so this is the one where Ghost Child shows yeah, up. Yeah, the Ghost Child shows up. He's played by Brandon Quinton Adams. Adams from People Under the Stairs, mm-hmm. Sandlot, and, uh, and Moonwalker. Another Wes Craven joint, People, uh, yep. people Under the Stairs. A lot of nepotism on this show. Uh, which not, is not nepotism, just people working together again. I know. It's a, nepotism would have it means they're related. But, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it was a dumb joke anyway. I didn't really mean it. People like working together. That happens all the time. <laughs> By the way, Robert Englund is still on the show, still hasn't done anything interesting. He occasionally pops up as like minor supporting characters, but it doesn't make sense. It feels like they're just cheaping out and not getting other cast. Like or, people, or they, I think, no, what I think it is, is Robert Englund... Uh, wanted more to do on this show. Probably, it's like I'm I'm Blackie. What do you do? Well, you're you're the the well, keeper of the cafe. Okay, what do I do on the show? Yeah. Well, as it turns out, nothing. Yeah. He, uh, in one episode, and this is a delightfully strange thing that happens. He's exterminating, like he's looking for bugs, and he sprays some, like off camera, and a bug that's like three feet long lands on the counter. Yeah, like a giant mos- like a giant giant mosquito, like a cartoonishly yeah, so, giant mosquito. So, and the implication uh, is that the cafe is more interesting than what we're seeing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but that, but anyway. also Blackie, like in a lot of episodes, not every episode, but in a lot of episodes, he talks to the audience. He, like he, he actually he, like, hey everybody, come look what I'm about to do. Like and, fucking, and, and he also narrates. He narrates some of the action in every episode as we go along. Yeah, and it's, like he, he does the you know captain's log supplemental bit. Yeah. but yeah, and but he never like comes to a serious conclusion about it. The implica- he actually bets against people sometimes, which made me think again. Maybe he's the devil. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's representing an opposing force to the cafe, and they're sort of stuck together. And maybe that's interesting. And we never find out what that is. The other thing I thought. Because Blackie, again, he also introduces 
like the opening narration introducing the premise. Mm. Like, that's Frank. That's Faye. Yeah. They're stuck in the Nightmare Cafe. Blah, 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 blah. That's me. I'm Blackie. Yeah. And I remember this was also around the same time the movie Stay Tuned came out. Okay. Stay Tuned was a movie that a lot of people... No, I, I, know, I know Stay Tuned. But not everybody yeah. does, so I'm going to throw it out there because it's kind of been kind of swept aside. Like, it's never had, like, a big <laughs> DVD re-release or anything. Stay Tuned was actually kind of a fun movie about John Ritter, and I forget who played his wife. Wait, was it Catherine uh, O'Hara? No, it no. wasn't Catherine O'Hara. She might have been in it, but no, it wasn't Catherine mm. O'Hara. Anyway, John Ritter is, like, a couch potato, and he and his wife get sucked into their brand new television set, and they get sucked into, essentially... Satan's cable box mm. and every time someone changes the channel they're in a different show mm. and the whole point is pe- they're, they're gonna get killed there's an and actress they- named Pam Dauber there you go and like the whole idea is if she, they can she, survive she, 20, Mindy if they can survive if they can survive 24 hours mm. in Satan's television they get to go free and so there's an ep- there's one where they end up like as the cartoon mice in a Tom and Jerry cartoon but if they die it's real mm. that kind of thing and the whole idea of the show is that when TV producers die, they go to hell and they make TV for the devil. And I thought to myself, are we the devil? Is Blackie, like, is this a show, like, for supernatural beings or God or the devil who are just sort of interested in, like, the adventures of these people whom we gave free will to? Like, are we just sending, um, sending them X-Factors? And it doesn't quite pan out, but it got me through a couple episodes. I suppose, well, that there is a TV in the yeah. cafe kind of might comment on that, but the TV doesn't play a big enough role, yeah. and we don't really see how it's linked to the cafe at all. Anyway, they go back to Frank's hometown. And as it turns out, the the... He meets his old best friend, and they had a big falling out over a girl. Uh, and uh, it turns not, out, not quite actually. Frank was in love with Angela Bassett when they mm-hmm. were teenagers. He wanted to marry Angela Bassett, but Frank's father was an old school racist, and he forbid the union. Mm-hmm. And Frank ran away. He joined the navy, and then she ended up falling in love with his best friend, played by Vondi Curtis Hall. Mm-hmm. They were together. They had a son. Their son was in like a cave in at, mm-hmm. at a local mine where a bunch of kids played. And uh, the kid's in a coma. And Vonnie Curtis Hall has basically... The, the kid's brain dead. The mm. kid's gonna die. Like, there's not a lot of hope that the kid's gonna wake up at the end of this episode. It's not right. that kind of show. So, like, the idea is that Vonnie Curtis Hall has kind of just given up. It's like, my son's dead. Mm. I'm not gonna visit him. I'm not gonna read to him. He's dead. It's a shitty... I, it's a shitty mindset, but there's an argument there. Mm. I understand where he's coming from. No, it's, and it's, she's it's stuck fine. With, and yeah. she's stuck with the kid, and this is torn their relationship apart. So Frank is here to try to, with the help of Ghost Kid, <laughs> who's playing cards with Blackie in the cafe and basketball in the backyard, uh, he's going to help them sort of find each other again. It's Again, it's a perfectly decent idea for a single episode of an anthology series. Mm. It's not terribly great well, or anything, know, it's, but it's perfectly fine. It, it's also the most moving episode, even though I don't mm. I don't give a damn about Frank, but the, the Vonnie Curtis Hall story was interesting to me. Well, well Vonnie Curtis Hall like, is just a great actor. And, uh, well, and I also, just, the cigarette-smoking man from the X-Files plays the doctor in this one. So that's that's right. Funny, yeah. That's right. Uh, a little, he, he only has like three lines, but he's in yeah, there. You can totally see it. Like, he's he's mm. great. It's just, it's, hey, cigarette-smoking guy. <laughs> that's fun. Um, but, but yeah, yeah I, I, I liked the, the notion of his lesson was that he had to learn to say goodbye to his son. And I think the last scene where they finally do that is actually very touching and they're both very good actors and it made sense throughout uh, as much as this show makes sense. And Frank's role in this is actually minor that it began to feel like they're going to start 
pushing these characters yeah. back a little bit. Which would have been wise. And, and yet, uh, that's not what happens, and like we get one more episode left. But well, like, I think when they finally started putting... Even though, despite that bumper, this sixth and final episode felt like they knew this was it. it yeah, because there is actually... The, the sixth and final episode actually has an ending ending. Yeah, like, uh, a, and he, like there's a crawl... An extended crawl at the very end of the episode. That just that says what, what happened, happened to the characters. the characters. We'll talk about that in a second. So suffice mm. it to say, Frank's story has been wrapped up. Mm. And then the last episode, it feels like they finally got some wind in their sails. Like, they finally, it's like, okay, we've done the character. No one cares about Frank and Fan anymore. Let's do something crazy. Because Let's we, do have something. Carte, we have carte blanche to do anything on the show. That's mm. the gloriousness of the show. Why are we half-assing it with these really maudlin, like... Touched really by an angel story. Slow moving stories. Yeah. So was, they finally get some fucking energy for yeah, an episode so, called Aliens Ate My Lunch. This, this is this is their Jose Chunks from Outer Space. This yeah. is uh so Frank and F- F- or Frank, I guess, is a big fan of supermarket tabloids. Yeah, the weekly world news, mm. Bat Boy, House That Drip Blood, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. And uh the He's a big fan, especially of their head writer, who in this episode is played by comedian Bobby Slayton. Yeah, uh, who you know, you, you you've know Bobby seen Slayton. him in things. Yeah. He usually plays bad comedians in movies. Or uh, he, he had a really great role in uh, Get Shorty, where he talked to mm. to John Travolta in one scene. I think he was in Amazon was, Women on the Moon, wasn't I, he? In, like I think the, so. you recognize the comedy roast bit. Yeah, he's mm. anyway, he's great. Yeah. He's great. He's a wonderful comic presence. He's he's got a lot of energy in this. So and he's playing he's, the sleazy tabloid reporter, but he's the guy who knows he makes up everything. And so they the cafe ends up in this tiny podunk nowhere town uh-huh. where everybody has their own cows and they're all they have a southern accent. And there's and a bit of a mystery because the cows are disappearing. The, the cows are disappearing and uh Bobby Slayton decides that he's going to write about the aliens in the area. Yes. Uh which he's going to invent. And he he's going around trying to get testimonials, but he's also trying to sort of steer the testimonials in a certain direction. Because every every person he talks to, he doesn't just say, oh, you hear anything strange going on. It's mm. like, you know, I was in the next town over, and they said they saw a UFO. Have you seen a UFO? Any mm. sort of weird goings on? And he's just seeding it. Right, and it's right. actually kind of like a good little story. It's a good little almost like ace in the hole kind of thing mm-hmm. about a reporter just stirring up shit, not caring about the consequences, and then reaping mm-hmm. those consequences. Right, right. Uh, meanwhile, in the B story, there's a rather curious story about three Romanian or perhaps Bulgarian dwarves yeah, uh, who are circus performers who are traveling around uh, the country and they end up in the cafe just to have a meal. Yeah, but they're eating everything. They're, they're eating, like they're like sugar packets, and they're yeah. drinking ketchup and the, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's weird that the cafe runs out of food, but apparently they're running out of food. It's a magic cafe. You'd think that wouldn't be an issue. They're running out of food because the little people are eating are, way too are much. Are they expecting a delivery? Or do I don't they have know a how they payroll? Get, Is there an accountant for this? Where cafe? do they get more hot sauce? Like they just were out of hot sauce. Here's my how question: do you, do you pay for your meal at the Nightmare Cafe? I know some people don't. Yeah, we noticed that. Is there is there a check? Is like, there a cash register? I was actually thinking about this. Like someone, like in like episode two, mm. someone like went to the cafe. Like the lady goes in, gets a cup of coffee, and the guy grabs her, and they just leave. They don't even like throw money behind them. Mm. Like just assuming, oh, I assume two bucks will cover it. And they don't even <laughs> do that. And I just wanted Blackie to say, hey, we get one customer a week. <laughs> <laughs> Tip us <laughs> something, God, please. <laughs> Really weird. Anyway, so that's going on, and then the the uh, the tabloid journalist he, decide, uh, he, he, he enlists the little people uh, to pretend to be aliens 
so that the people will see aliens and they'll talk about the aliens. But it turns out he did too good a job whipping up the town into a Fuhrer and they decide to hunt them. Hunt the aliens and they also assume that Bobby Slayton is also an alien. And or at w- least in cahoots with the aliens. And when and when Frank and Faye manage to start convincing them that they've done the wrong thing, everyone in town is like, well, now we have to kill them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's so, just... And it's just like, ah, oh, the Donald uh, Trump story. Yeah. Like something, like really... Just some like really <laughs> haphazard, like just political, uh-huh. like throw... Like, Put it in any era, McCarthyism, mm. whatever. Anytime there's someone just whipping people into a fury because those people feel disenfranchised or the people want a, a more success financially mm. or any anything at all. Someone promises them glory and they get whipped into a fury. Mm. It's that. We've seen oh, that a million times. Yeah. But this episode has energy and, and wit. It, well, it has energy and, and humor. It has, yeah, and it, has, it, it has humor. I think that, and it has a, a, a refreshing bit of oddness that you yeah. would th- that you would think have been would have been in throughout. Uh, as I said at, at the top of the episode, the every single episode of Nightmare Cafe is just it's just a drag. Yeah. It, this is an hour show that could have been wrapped up in thirty minutes per episode. This is a thirty minute show. This should have been like a like a Tales from the Crypt, really it, just it, punchy. It, it really should have been, and yeah. you know, you see where the story's going, but then there's the little asides, and the mm-hmm. just everything is so bloody boring. They so by the really time invested in Frank and Faye, again, their story is done. We if, don't care. Even if you're invested in Frank and Faye, they're telling the stories so just bo- so badly and so slowly mm-hmm. that, you know, we're, we're getting, and it's, it's not even necessarily actually moments. It's just padding and spinning wheels and trying to ensure that we know what the drama is when really we're just slowing things down. Slow yeah. the plot down, laddie, slow the plot down. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, by the time we get to episode six and all this like crazy alien crap begins happening, you're just relieved that, that there's, yeah. there's, Something there's a, is there's happening. a breath in, in this thing. And, as this episode climaxes and gets even bloody crazier, because as it turns out, those three Mo- Romanian dwarves were not Romanian dwarves, but were actually aliens all along. And not just aliens, they look like those bird people from Labyrinth. Yeah, one of them pulls off his human mask, and they're these gigantic parrot things. Yeah. And it turns out they were collecting the cows. Yeah. Because. Because. And they were sampling Earth's food because that was their job. And at the very end of the episode, there's a teary reunion with all of the cows, a la Close Encounters of the Third Cow. Yeah, and everyone's just like, oh, it's our cow! Bessie's back! And everyone recognizes their own cow, and they hug the cows. And then there's like a a freeze frame of every character, even characters we only met in this episode, Mm. that just says what happened to them. Like the aliens went back to their home of Slarky Bardfast and were rewarded handsomely for their fabulous research of what happened on Earth. The sheriff that they kidnapped made a great home for himself on Slarty Bardfest and became a very and became a successful importer exporter. Hmm. And then like Blackie, Frank, and Faye are still at the Nightmare Cafe. Yep. That's and it. They, I feel like they might have thrown that last bit in when they realized, yeah, we're done. We're out of ideas. <laughs> we have two like of the same episode. Hmm. Two like film noir episodes in a row. Hmm. Uh, on a show where ostensibly you're supposed to be able to do anything, you probably don't have a lot of creative momentum. Uh, well, you know, like it just it just seems like they didn't know what they were doing. Maybe not what, what they were I was doing because that sounds learn. wrong. They didn't know what they had, and they had trouble forcing it into shape. Mm-hmm. It's an amorphous series, and it's frustrating. What really what it really highlighted for me was uh, the creative baselessness of Wes Craven. 
Hmm. Now, Wes Craven has come up with some really great movies. Yeah. Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street is sort of a watershed film in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, it's still good to mm-hmm. this day. Hills of Eyes is uh, fantastic. People Under the Stairs is fantastic. No, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, he changed yeah. the direction of horror, so yeah. good for him. No, he's, uh, he's brilliant. Last House on the Left, Nightmare on Elm Street in the 80s, and mm-hmm. then Scream in the 90s. Yeah. And in, in between, he's tried to explore... Uh, his own creative impulses. Now, he used to be a philosophy professor, Mm. and he's very interested in the notion of redemption. That's what a lot of his films are about. Sure. Uh, That's what Nightmare on Elm Street is about. That's what Scream is about. It's sort of this intergenerational redeeming of oneself or redeeming the previous generation or clearing one's name. So I'm wondering what sins he has in his past that he wants to be uh, forgiven for. And so question. he wanted to perhaps make a series about forgiveness and second chances. Uh, but he doesn't have one single authorial voice beyond that. It's hard to point to the Wes Craven aesthetic. That's true. Um, he doesn't have like one particular distinctive style. It's not mm. even like Spielberg, where it's just very Frank Capra meets John Ford yeah, this, meets sci-fi meets daddy issues. Yeah, this, you know, like you can right, you can right. narrow it down to a couple of things. This is the guy who made uh, you know the Hills Have Eyes, which is very uh, mm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre ish. Yeah. Uh, this is the guy who made a, a horror movie, which is also kind of a comedy called Night, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. This is the this guy, guy who, who made Deadly music, Friend. He made Deadly Friend. He made Music of the Heart. Yeah. Uh, and if you ever saw the movie he did his penultimate film My Soul to Take which makes no sense and is terrible <laughs> he was really hit or miss but he was very prolific he was, prolific. He was constantly trying things well, and, and that's, they that's my th- point they didn't always succeed he wanted to do something on TV and he never he was so full of ideas mm-hmm. that he never bothered to hone or place any sort of base on it yeah. and I've seen this all throughout his career he's yeah. just sort of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks did you see uh, that Wes Craven I didn't know about this until I was doing research on Nightmare Cafe mm. did you see that he created another television series that only lasted a couple episodes no The People Next Door Oh, that was his? It's a sitcom starring Jeffrey Jones Yeah, yeah as yeah. a comic strip creator mm-hmm. What the We've got to track that shit down. <laughs> Holy shit. That sounds... He you know, created a sitcom. Like well, a sitcom. Was, like that's, that's a very big leap for him. He was interested, very clearly, in more than horror. And I think he yeah. ca- always kind of resented being pigeonholed as the horror guy. In memory serves, uh, he's, he's flat out said that. Mm, uh, yeah, in fact, I think he tried to quit horror altogether. For yeah, a while. Which is why he did Music of the Heart. He yeah. did a Meryl Streep drama. And, and it got an Oscar nomination. Maybe, two, I think, two? Did it get, like, Best Original Song or something, too? I think I think it got Song and Actress, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, again, it's it's actually kind of a bland movie. He doesn't he doesn't bring much of an authorial voice to it. I haven't even seen if, it. Even when Sam Raimi does uh, the baseball movie, at least it feels it, kind of like a Sam Raimi joint a little bit. Yeah, he's got a certain verve mm. to everything he does. Even in Simple Plan, which it's scaled back, there's an intensity to the story yeah. that comes out. That's, Sam his, that's his best it. movie. That's a great movie. Simple Plan? Yeah. Arguably. Oh, I love it. I love it, too. I don't uh, know if it's, I'd say it's his best, but it's damn good. Mm. I mean, it's great. Yeah, so, it. Wes Craven, I think, is kind of unfairly vaunted as this very clear artistic voice in yeah. in filmmaking and, in, and I guess in television now as well when 
Nightmare Cafe clearly proves that he well, doesn't really know how to form an idea fully all the time. I don't think it proves it on its own, but it's it's demonstrative of something mm. where if you look at his entire body of work, you do see it. And that's mm. and again, that's the real problem with Nightmare Cafe is that it's so unfocused. Mm. If it had just they had have, one gimmick and stuck with it and said, "This is what we're doing," they have if to it have really clear two about opening narrations in every episode just to kind of explain what the premise is. And too even complicated. Then, and even then, they don't quite ever commit. Especially in an era where there's no DVR, mm. there's no, like... The, you need to be able to know that instantly. <laughs> it's got to be pretty clear, pretty fast. You really don't have a lot of time. Mm. And the premise is so wonky, and the show doesn't even have enough fun with it. Mm. Like, if it had just been, like, it's weird for its own sake. It's like Pee-wee's Playhouse, but it's a cafe. You could have <laughs> done that. And there are moments. There's that giant mosquito. Mm. There's bits where people are mad at something in the TV, and they reach into the TV and punch the guy through the TV. Mm. There's moments like that. It's kind of funny. But they never really... Go full bore. And if this show lasted 100 episodes, I would have been very surprised. But I, I think the only way it could have done it is if it had decided really quick to define everyone's roles. The reason why... Well, had, we it, have, had it stayed its original intent of being yeah. an anthology show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those roles had to be clear because those well, weren't characters that we need to know the background of beyond the pilot. They just need to function. This mm. is the reason why like uh, uh, detective stories like Sherlock Holmes mm. and Batman always work. In most stories, the movies are different because they are even the TV shows because they're very focused on the central characters. Mm. Most Sherlock Holmes stories, most Batman stories are more about the people whose lives they enter. Mm. Someone who's going through a crisis, Batman helps solve it. He solves that crime. He fights that supervillain. Right. Uh, Batman is the agent of uh, order. He brings order into the chaos that crime has set free in Gotham City. So you can tell any crime story, throw Batman in there, and it makes sense. You can do any sci-fi story, throw Doctor Who in there, and it makes sense. It will it will all fall into place. With Nightmare Cafe, you need these clear roles, which is why I thought to myself, if these three people, Frank, Faye, and Blackie, formed some sort of moral triad, almost like uh, in uh, Star Trek, where mm. Kirk is the id... Uh, no, no. Kirk is the ego, uh, uh, Bones, Bones is the, is the id, id, and uh, Spock, Spock is, is the, the intellect. Is, yeah, it's the super ego. It's the super ego. And they all, like, they one, will always... One, one, is, one is mind, one is body, and one is soul. Yeah. Exactly. And so they will always approach the exact same situation from different angles, and that will always generate conflict, and that will always give them something to talk about mm. and learn from. If we had had that, mm. where maybe Blackie is the cynic who has seen everything and thinks the worst of everybody and tries to, like, sort of wheedle the, everybody. The into, devil's advocate, The devil's maybe. advocate, yeah. yeah. He's going to just poke everybody and try to make the worst thing possible happen. Frank and Faye represent sort of more positivity and hope for humanity and human agency, and they're trying to do the best thing. Mm -hmm. That might have worked. You could have maybe worked that. They're all, and the, I mean, maybe because Blackie... He's showing up in different roles. Like he just all of a sudden is the editor of a newspaper, or he's the guy who happens to be driving the the mm. characters to one place and says some crucial piece of information. Maybe Frank and Faye could do that sometimes. They do it like once or twice. Like yeah, like yeah. Faye like is trying to investigate something, and the the cafe like makes her a TV producer who's like researching right. like a reality crime show. I, I like which America's Most that Wanted. Was, but yeah. No, that was the the, the detective one. The okay, one that yeah. I only got to see the first half of. Okay. Uh like but that might have been kind of fun. Mm. And you could have worked with that. But that means if we're gonna have that function, 
that all the stories, the individual standalone stories, have to be really good. Or, and or at we least, didn't have that. At the very least, they have to be kind of recognizable mm-hmm. in, in sort of a, a TV story sort of way. Yeah. The characters that you can kind of relate to and recognize instantly, and yeah. that way but, you can become invested well, in the series. To be fair, I guess and, we tried that. We had the femme fatale. We had mm, the, the cop with one case he didn't yeah. solve. It just I, wasn't I very... So. It just they didn't have any energy to it. Mm. There was no, like, there was no zazz. There was no selling point <laughs> until the last episode, which was... Actually pretty fun. And if you only ever see one episode of Nightmare Cafe, sometimes it plays on the Chiller Network, it's my understanding. Yeah. Uh, see Aliens Ate My Homework? Or Aliens Ate My Lunch? Aliens Sorry. Are, yeah. That's a fun episode. You don't need to see any of the others. This show was, uh, <laughs> was not... This show was not yeah, canceled was, too soon. Was it canceled too soon? No. No. Because um, this show lasted as long as it needed to last. The, the, I'm amazing. it lasted as long as it did, honestly. It's it's too bad. It's, it's a lot of potential. It's cast. a show that lasted six episodes and still felt like they were doing a pilot in a lot of ways. Well, like I said, first yeah. episode's kind of the pilot. They're mm-hmm. figuring it out, especially for something that's an anthology series like this, where it's not like characters who are growing in every mm-hmm. single episode. It's just basically like, oh, Frank had more backstory. I don't care. He's dead. He's dead to me. He's dead to me. So that that's Nightmare Cafe. That's Nightmare Cafe. Uh, Bit of a disappointment. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was excited about it. I ha- I remember seeing like one episode, kind of, when it came out. Mm-hmm. And again, I had confused it with Freddy's Nightmare, so maybe I just I, thought I, I, I thought a Freddy Krueger showed up. Which which yeah. was an anthology series, yeah. uh, with Freddy Krueger. And I wish we could talk about it, but we can't because nope. it lasted too Instead, long. Instead, look it up for yourselves. That's mm. your job now, audience. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, do we have any Do we have any letters or uh, we, we got a couple? Let me okay. let me look up a few here. Okay. Uh, while you're doing that, uh, again, you can write us bmoviespodcast at gmail.com. That's for both of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. We also host the B Movies Podcast. We review new movies, talk about new stories, and all throughout October, we're reviewing whole horror franchises. This week, we're reviewing all six films in the Sleepaway Camp franchise. Yes, there are six of them, five of them suck, so it's going to mm-hmm. be a weird one to talk about. Uh, but also, this month, we talked about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, more Wes Craven. We mm-hmm. talked about uh, the whole Phantasm franchise with the creator of the franchise, Don Costa. So that was cool. But did Leprechaun. Uh, I'm forgetting one. We did Wishmaster, more Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. And uh, next week we'll be closing that out with Hellraiser. And next week on Cancel Too Soon, we're going to do one more Halloween special, Tales from the Far Side, based on the beloved Gary Larson comic strips. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, I will tell you what we're doing after that. Uh, after we in, read in a moment, moment. yeah. Uh, yeah. So one this, more thing to keep this you as a cliffhanger. Com- this comes from Topher. It says, "Dear, cancel too soon." Hi, Topher. Uh, first off, I want to completely agree with the letter from the most recent episode. Well, we're reading these as we get to them, so yeah, sorry uh, about I, that. we're not sure when that was. But I love hearing about these gems, or possibly not, that I've never <laughs> heard of, and it's one of the reasons that the show has become one of my favorite parts of the weekend. Oh, well, oh, thank, thank you for listening. Huh. Now that sorry, being this said, late. I wanted to point you guys at some more modern Halloween specials or movies that have been happening. Cool. Uh, Disney the Disney Channel has been doing a Halloween-themed Disney Channel original movie most years since the late 90s. They missed a couple in there, including this year, with one called The Swap. That is yet to premiere as the writing of this email, but will have by the time your next episode has aired. Uh, Within this realm, you have the entire Halloween Town series... Oh, yeah. Uh, which is four movies. I meant to watch uh, those. I never got around to it. Was that the one that based on Ray Bradbury's story? The Halloween Tree. That's the Halloween Tree. My yeah, bad. Yeah. I always got them confused. Uh, which I have seen. And in fact, I uh, read the book. one of the actors from the animated Halloween Tree series I went to elementary school with. No kidding. Yeah. That's kind of fun. 
Uh, also, for the last couple of years, R.L. Stein has been putting out non-Goosebumps straight-to-video and Netflix movies uh, with his mostly ghostly films. Yeah. And Monsterville, Cabinet of Souls. Yeah, does he say if they're any good? Because I've heard about uh, those. Just, never... They're still being produced, I think. Maybe uh, Topher has been has been watching these and letting us know. R.L. Stein is one of the few famous, like properly famous people who actually follows me on Twitter. Nice. Yeah, he liked something I wrote about Goosebumps, the movie. Yeah, and he still follows of, me. Yeah, it was, that was nice of him. He's uh, cool. Pia Zadora was following me for a day. <laughs> was it an accident? She was I, not, you were well, someone else? Well, I, I just was tweeting <laughs> tweeting something random, and I, I said, like, I'm... It's like, I, I went on a date with Piazzadora. Man, that woman can put hot dogs away. It was just some, <laughs> some goofy thing. And, and Piazzadora started following me, I guess, uh, by default. And then she read the tweet, I guess, and stopped following uh-huh. me. There was actually, like, one line in uh, uh, Nightmare Cafe in the tabloid episode mm. where we find out that the guy was, like, being sued by Holly Berry for saying that her unborn child, like, the, uh, the abominable snowman was the father. Mm. And he said, you can't prove he wasn't. And I'm like, I bet they could. <laughs> but they know. could probably do that pretty easy. Uh, how do you test for Yeti blood? How do you, you yeah. just, you test to make sure the father is another guy? Anyway, Topher continues on. Apologies. Uh, there is there are definitely still <laughs> Halloween specials being put out, but they have a bit of a different feel to them now that something like the Halloween that almost wasn't does. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly something interesting to look at. Your loyal, loyal viewer, Topher. Oh, thanks, Topher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we'll, maybe we'll check some of those out next year. That'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Uh, Again, it's the same email account for both podcasts. Yeah, so, so I have, very have well to get, get through a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Where we are overdue for a mm. fan mail episode of the B Movies podcast. It's really been piling up, uh, and a lot of these are just sort of recommendations. So I don't yeah. want to just we take your recommendations, we write down mm. your recommendations. We can't read them all on the show mm. because that would be actually a really long episode. Believe it or not, uh, Brent writes in and says uh, he's, he wants to give us an idea for an April Fool's Day episode. Okay, uh, I'm listening for. An idea for an April Fool's edition of Cancel Too Soon. Cover Gunsmoke in five minutes. <laughs> it starts out normally, but the audio speeds up to be incomprehensible, snaps back to regular time just to hear, was Gunsmoke canceled too soon? <laughs> you know, it's not a bad idea. That's a fun idea. It's not a bad idea. We could do that. We could do that with something like, I don't know, fucking Days of Our Lives, something that had a thousand episodes. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Dark Shadows, which <laughs> ran every day for 800 years. Yeah, it was great. Uh, oh yeah, that's a funny one. I like that. That's really uh, funny. He also wants to bring to light... Uh, it, another show in the vein of Man and Machine, one called Auto Man. Oh, it's yeah. It's available from the Shout Factory. That yeah. I, that is on my mm-hmm. list. I don't think I have a. I don't think I used to have a copy of that, or I thought I had a copy of that. I don't mm-hmm. think I do, but that's on the list. That's on the list. I know yeah, Auto Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Lady Knight to the Brave. Hi, Lady Knight. She, she's written in before. Yes, she has. Uh, uh, hi, Bibbs and Whitney. So real quick, I'm late to the party, but my attempt at what Vulture stands for. Oh, yes. Uh, Again, for those who are just joining us, when we reviewed the cartoon series Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, Chuck Norris fought an evil organization called Vulture, and Vulture was an acronym, but the show never told us what it was for. So we so, challenge all of our listeners to write in with their ideas of what Vulture stands for. So Lady Night the Brave has her own example. Uh, villains, upstarts, lawbreakers, thieves... Uber ragey evil. Uh, I know it's a stretch grammatically, but it's funny. It is funny. Like, I do u- like Uber ragey evil. Uber ragey evil uh, is good. Uber ragey evil is my new Tumblr page. Uh, as for one-off TV specials, she wants us to do uh, the battle for Endor. Oh, that's the one that's with a the little idea, girl on the Ewoks actually. and yeah. loved it as a kid. And, want, and I went back as an adult, and I was very confused. You know, that's a good idea because there's not <coughs> because um. <coughs> 
obviously there's only so much Star Wars TV, mm-hmm. and we already covered the Star Wars Holiday Special on the B-Movies podcast a couple of years ago. We did a commentary track for mm-hmm. it. With Alonso Duralde. Alonso Duralde, author of the fabulous and indispensable holiday movie tome, Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas, now available from linoleum-knife.com. Uh, he, he's also the co-host of Linoleum Knife and uh, what the flick, r- what the and, flick and the rap. He, he's, he's around. A, he's he's way better at this than we are. <laughs> uh, but we did an episode uh, of about the ho- Star Wars holiday special. You can still Google mm. that. Uh, but uh, you know the, that, that's we, actually we a fun done, idea. We haven't done the other two uh, Star Wars TV movies, so that's not a bad idea. It always bothers me I when think... people talk about like when they released the complete Star Wars on Blu-ray and they mm. didn't put the Ewok movies on there. I'm like, they existed. Yeah, well, you can't write them off entirely. That's rude. Their their fans have a selective memory. I know. You know, the, like they say, everything counts. Everything's canon. I'm really, really into Star Wars. Everything's Star Wars. Well, except for the ones I don't like or haven't seen or haven't bothered to track down. And my philosophy is. You, you can you can decide it doesn't count as a story. You don't get to decide it didn't exist. Mm. It existed. It deserves to be out there in the ether. Uh-huh. And if we ignore it when it's available, that then that's one thing. Mm. It's like uh, that Angelina Jolie movie, Life or something like it. <laughs> it's it's not out of print or anything. It's just no one cares. Yeah, it just man. it's gone. Mm. It it died a natural death. The Ewok movies are not dying a natural death. They're just they're being, being kept from us. They're, they're locked in the attic is yeah, what's going on. Yeah, they're being on. kept out of shame. Uh, and I think they should... They, that's a good idea. We should probably do those. Mm. That's fun. Uh, she also says, if you're looking for TV ways to end the program... A good uh, segue here, May actually. I recommend the classic, the, 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 That's All Folks? Not bad. Also, the PBS style, this program was brought to you by viewers like you. That's also not bad. I think that's what PBS used to say. It although, was. Although the bad hat hairy one made me laugh. Cheers, Ilana. Uh, uh, Alana, thank you for that. Mm. And that's actually a perfect segue because we wanted to announce mm. you are our first contestant in the first Cancel Too Soon sweepstakes. <laughs> As you may have noticed, every week on Cancel Too Soon, we have struggled to come up with the best way to end the show. Mm. On our other show, the B-Movies Podcast, we came up with our own catchphrase. Uh, I believe it was stolen from Rudy Kobe. Yes. Uh, it was, we're smarter than you. Uh, and that's the way we end every episode. It just is a little stinger. Just lets you know the episode's over. Mm-hmm. It's like Dr. Katz. I'm sorry, our time is up. Also not a bad way to do it. <laughs> uh, we've decided to let you decide. Uh, please email us. All at- submissions have to be via email. Mm-hmm. Podcast, all one word, mm-hmm. at gmail.com. You can write in other stuff as well. Just let us know if you have a suggestion for how we can end every single Episode. If more than one people suggest the same thing, the first one who sent in the email counts. The so, winner. So hurry. The winner, mm. uh, which we will decide um, possibly by the end of the month, but we'll see. There's no hard line on this. It might just be until we find one we like. <laughs> yeah. uh, but probably before the end of the year, at least. Uh, the winner will not only get their catchphrase heard on every single episode of Cancel Too Soon, but they'll also get to give us the topic of an episode. Of, of a, a, an episode that will appear immediately thereafter. Or at least as soon as we can find it. Now, again, the rules for Cancel Too Soon are it needs to be a television series that lasted one season or less. Not one season and had a movie like Firefly that had a second shot. Mm. One season or less, and the other stipulation is we have to be able to find it. Yeah, it, That's it, the it, only other trick. It can't be something you vaguely remembered. Uh, I also well, if you vaguely remember there... it and we can track it down, That's true. we can remember um, what it was, fine. But if, if it... If it's not available, if we cannot find it online or in mm. video stores or, or through all of our various you know back alley ways, mm. uh, we can't do it. So we might have to ask you for another one. But uh, we'll do a topic of your choice. An- another rule: no miniseries. 
Miniseries don't count. Uh, (laughs) Miniseries didn't get a chance to keep on going. It's not a matter of them being canceled. They just lasted the season that they planned. It's kind of the reason why we're only doing Halloween specials, because those were actually played every single year. The intention was that they would constantly come back. So, yeah, if if you want us to do my Claudius or The Prisoner, those are out. They don't count. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I might make an exception for the prisoner just because it's neat. But like, <laughs> I, there, listen, it is our show. And we do get to decide. I guess so, but, but generally speaking, mm-hmm. yeah, you should be able to look it up. If you're unsure, look at IMDb or Wikipedia. They're usually pretty reliable. Uh, there's a couple of shows where it's not entirely clear. We can talk mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but yeah, anyway, you'll get to pick the show and we'll do it as soon as we possibly can. Just email us bmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Bmoviespodcast is all one word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, just put cancel too soon in the headline and we will look it up and mm. when we find the right one the one that we like best that's all it is uh-huh. we will contact you and we will announce it on the next show what are we doing next week William? next week we are doing again Tales from the Far Side I'm... one more Halloween special to end out uh, October and then the week after that mm. it's a Whitney pick that's right. Because uh, October spent entirely doing Halloween stuff was basically my idea. <laughs> Whitney, didn't, Whitney wasn't a big fan of it. He's t- tired of Halloween and horror and all of its this nonsense. Well, I'm, I'm tired of Nightmare Cafe anyway. Well, no, it's time to move <laughs> or, on. Or, or push, yeah. pushing my way through every damn episode of Dracula the series. I liked uh, Dracula the series, and you liked it too. I, I liked it fine, but that was, that was a lot to get through in a short amount of it time. It was. That was the longest one I've ever done. Mm, uh, so, uh, yeah, here, here's my pick. I'm holding it in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Whitney. Look, listeners. Whitney is holding up the DVD release of Sam and Max Freelance Police. The, the is, a, a Saturday morning animated series that aired on Fox Kids in 1997. Yes, it was very and short-lived. And burned. It's one of the great, or at least the most notoriously great. I actually haven't seen an episode of it since it came on. Okay. Uh, uh, so I, I reserve the right to change my mind and say I don't like it anymore. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those kids shows that's notoriously kind of too smart too, for its own too, good, too, too smart, weird. Too, too adult, too yeah. weird. Uh, uh, it's you, one, of, one of the stranger mainstream cartoons. If you recall, this was, uh, if you recall something like Invader Zim, which mm. seemed like a little too cool to have ever been on TV in the first place, that's the reputation Sam and Max Freelance Police has. It's also based on a series of popular comics. There were some really cool video games based on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a bit of a cult they're, following. They're still, make, nice. still making the video games, too. Like, I played like, some like of the video games. They were great. Years ago. They were great. They were great yeah, video games. There was an animated series featuring Sam and Max. It yeah. lasted a very short amount of time. We will get to that uh, uh, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited to do it. Uh, we have a couple other episodes uh, that we're very excited to get to before the end of the year, some of which we, we have promised. Yes. Uh, uh, but we'll we'll save them because we don't know when exactly we'll do them, but we'll do them before the end of the year. And um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter, still at Movies Podcast, because at Cancel Too Soon is still not available. Thank you very much, Twitter. It's, 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 we it's registered all, it, and we Twitter. can't get access to it again. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's essentially Facebook's fault because they canceled no, they canceled their email, and that was the email it was attached to. I still don't know why you okay. use that email. Part of, why would you use that Cause, email? Because my other one was already taken. You can't do two Twitter accounts from one email. It I know, work that but way. why would you? Oh, God, there was Should one I had. Char- never uh, put you in charge of this. Uh, but anyway, it was my, could, it was. I did it before this was a thing. I offered to do it, and you said no. We should wait until we're closer to doing the podcast, and mm. then you did it. Yeah. Ah, anyway. 
at, at B Movies Podcast. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm He's at, at Whitney Seibel. Uh, you can uh, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. It helps so much, especially in these early uh, days when we're finding an audience. <laughs> the more reviews, even just the star rating, really, really helps. The more we get, the more visible we are, and the more people will notice. Really, 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 really helps. If you like the show at all mm. and you want to do us a favor, even if it's even if it's like a not a five star review, just review it. Yeah. It really, really well, helps. That's all we ask. Mm. Uh, and uh, that will be that. We'll see you next week. And Whitney, come up with a way mm. to end the show. A QM production. Yeah, you didn't win the sweepstakes. Ah, damn it.